Let us pray once again. We thank you, Lord, because you're pleased to speak to us at every moment. Yet many times our ears are clogged with a lot. At times the worries and anxieties of life are too noisy that we do not hear you. But this one time, Lord, we ask that you will quieten anything that may deter us from hearing you. The Lord, you clear our ears physically and spiritually. The Lord, we shall hear you. And Lord, you tell us we should not just be hearers of the word, but rather doers. Yet as men and women, we are a rebellious lot. Even at times when we hear you, we choose what is contrary. So we ask, precious King, that with you fill us with your Holy Spirit, that you will be able to break our hearts, that as we hear your word, Lord, we shall walk in obedience. So Lord, deal with anything that hinders us from obeying your call. Deal with any element of pride in us. Deal with any element of self-pity. Deal with anything that causes us to look down on ourselves. Deal with any force that makes us feel insufficient. Deal with anything that, Lord, makes us feel it's uncool to do your will. So we ask that, Lord, your will will consume us above our will. Give us a willingness to lay our lives down for you. So may you work your purposes in us and through us. May we be vessels of honor. May we be used for noble purposes. You ask us this week, whom shall I send? And who will go for us? Isaiah answered in the affirmative, here I am, send me. Lord, it's the cry of my heart that as the congregation gathered here this evening, as men and women in our prime of life, full of energy, the Lord, this energy will be used in obedience to your call. I ask that, Lord, you make your call clear for someone here this evening that you're calling specifically to fully devote to the cause of the gospel. Lord, may you make your call clearly to that one that you're calling to be more deliberate in witnessing for you in the marketplace. I pray that, Lord, your call will be clear to that one that you're telling I want you to witness in your family like never before. Here we are, Lord. We desire to do your will. And Lord, at times when you've prompted us but we've acted on the contrary, forgive us. So will you reawaken this desire in us this evening? May you consume our hearts. May you consume our wills. May you consume ourselves. As Jeremiah cried out that, Lord, we shall have that experience. 
He cried out that I could not contain his word. Even when I do not want to speak about him, his word burns in my bones, in my heart. Lord, may your word burn in us that we shall not be able to contain it, but rather share it with others. That we have peers, we have friends, we have family members, we have workmates, we have those that we do business with that do not know you. Yet we've been so comfortable and I've just taken it for granted. Lord, may the reality of a life that is not in you hit us, that they are destined for hell. The Lord, that will propel us to share this message. Lord, may your love grip us. As the Apostle Paul prayed that therefore Christ's love compels us, the Lord, we shall be compelled by that love. The Lord, you do not desire the death of a sinner, but that many will turn from their wickedness. And you say, for this reason, Christ came to save sinners. Lord, we've danced, we've sung, we've done all sorts of things in your presence. And at times we've ended there. Lord, may that zeal propel us beyond the gathered congregation. That at individual level, Lord, it will be about you. So Lord, we lay everything before you. We lay our hearts before you. We lay our intellect before you. We lay ourselves before you. It is your will that we desire above our wills. And may that be real for the men and women gathered here. For the men and women that are following online. Because that is what you've called us to do. You commissioned us to make disciples of all nations. Lord, I desire to be a part of those. How I pray to be the desire of these, your servants, that have gathered here this evening. So, Spirit of the living Lord, take over. So, as I share these few thoughts from Scripture, I ask, may the words of my mouth, may the meditation of my heart be acceptable to you, my rock and redeemer. That at the end of the day, Lord, your poor will be edified, glorified, They'll be challenged. That there will be a deep thought about what you want us to do. So Lord, have your way. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 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 John 20, verse 19. Thank you, my brother, for reading for us so the topic assigned for this evening, we've been in this week where the focus has been mission. A few of you have been uh, moving out with the team, and I hope a few of you have been challenged wherever you've been to reach out, but just to continue to encourage you to be a part of what God is doing as you share Christ, especially if you know him, that you will share Christ. Jesus as resurrected in this particular text. Mary Magdalene has gotten the message clearly. And in verse 17 of John 20, Jesus said 
Do not hold on to me, for I have not yet returned to the Father. Go instead to my brothers. I'll first pause at that. Jesus has risen. And so he tells Mary Magdalene, go to my brothers. Of course, there are instructions that she is to take to the brothers. Jesus referring to those that he had lived with, to those that he had walked with as my brothers. First, take note of that. Verse 21. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. That's what we want, we want to look at this evening. He refers to them as my brothers. John 1.12 Some of you may know it off head. Yet to all who received him. To those that believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. All who believed in Jesus have a new status. They have a new identity. They are no longer ordinary people, but they are children of God. So Jesus can confidently call them brothers. And as such, they are those that can qualify truly to call God Father. Because this God has eternally existed as the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Before even the foundations of the world, he was father of our Lord Jesus Christ. But after humanity sinned, none of us were his children. Our DNA was corrupted. So now, after resurrection, after he has dealt with the biggest problem, he now refers to them as my brothers. Because now, what had, what had hindered us from having God as Father has been dealt with. So he can confidently call us brothers, sisters. We can confidently say we are children of God. So now Jesus says we are children of the same father. We go back to verse 17. I am returning to my father and your father. To my God and your God. He says now he is no longer just my father, but he is your father. You are now totally in fellowship with my father. You are now legitimate sons and daughters. So understanding that is very, very key. Because as we look at as the Father has sent me, so I send you. What is the implication of all that? He says that as the Father has this DNA, so the Son has the same DNA, and as such, those that have been adopted as children should carry the same DNA. So walk with me, I'll be making some few points to, to help us understand what I'm trying to labor to explain. So now, in verse 19, 
That same evening, they are worried. They are in fear. Jesus has died. Jesus has actually died a very brutal death. And so they knew we may be the next people. He had died a very terrible death. And so they are now in fear. They are hiding behind locked doors. On the evening of the first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Hallelujah. Amidst their fears, he pronounces peace. Shalom. What is this peace? The second time in 21, he does the same. Again, Jesus said, peace be with you. So amidst their hopelessness, amidst their fear, they needed that affirmation of peace. But this peace is not just being free from, let me say, to just sit and chill that I'm at peace. It's beyond that. It is a peace, shalom, that quality of life in God. So he tells them, amidst your fear, there is a quality of life I'm giving to you, I'm imparting in you. That quality of life in God is what I'm giving to you. It will enable you so beyond your fears. It is what I give to you. Somewhere else he says, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives. It's not a piece of just saying, you know, I'm cheating. No. It's a piece where your life is in God. That quality of life in God is exhibited. That even when they are threatening things, you know my God is in control. The, whole, the one who holds the universe has my life. Even when it's a threat from the authorities, I know the one who holds the universe, the one who is the king of kings, has a grip on me. So even when I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil. Because there is this quality of life from him that propels me to move. So that's what he wishes them. Not just wishes, that's what he gives them. Peace be with you. That amidst your fears, you, you should not fear because I am he and I am peace. I have dealt with anything that hinders, so I am giving you this peace. It is the quality of life in God. So what is it? What is this life in this God? It is a life that moves out. God in his very nature is a missionary God. He's a God on mission. He's God who moves out. Creation is actually a testimony to that. That out of his nature as God, he moves out to create. And he does not only just create, but he creates Beings that are in his image, it's a part of his nature. So he says, I give you this peace which will sustain you in walking as my children. In walking as ones who have the same DNA with me. 
that you'll be able to move out as missionaries. Because I am a God who is a missionary God. I'm God who gives myself out. I've been giving myself out since creation. He is not a selfish God. He's a God who moves out. So he says to solve the problem of sin. I moved out. I moved out how? As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. In Isaiah 6, 8, the question to Isaiah, whom shall I send? The heavenly council is seated. Who will go for us? Of course, in that picture text, in context, Isaiah is answering. But beyond Isaiah, Jesus is answering. Here I am. Send me and he moves out. Out of the Godhead, God moves out in the person of Jesus. He gives himself out to rescue humanity. So it's God's nature. He is God on mission. He is a missionary God. Jesus accepts to move out as God. That's why he says, as the Father has sent me, I am sending you. He uses the same name of God. You know, when Moses encounters God in the burning bush, he asks, okay, I'm going to Pharaoh. Which God? What will I tell Pharaoh? Which God has sent me? And he says, tell Pharaoh, I am as sent me. And he declares, I am who I am. And that is my name forever. So similarly, I am sending you. I, Jesus, God, am sending you. That if now you're my brothers, if you have the same DNA as God, you must be on mission as your father. As your father has been on mission since creation, you must be on mission. If you're really children of God, you must be on mission. Jesus was sent by the Father and he obeyed. Whom shall I send? He obeyed. He moved out. So similarly, he says, as I obeyed, so I send you. You must obey. And friends, let's sober up. It's the Father sending. The one who owns your life. The one who owns everything. The one who knows your fears. That's why he gives them the assurance. Peace be with you. Amidst your fears, my peace is available. That life that I infuse in you is available to carry you on. It is available to challenge whatever you think may challenge you along the way. So God sends him out. He sends us out. And the one who sends us out is God on mission. Is God who has concern for the perishing. He's God who does not desire any to perish. But listen, he will not use dogs. He will not use your pets. He will use you and me. If truly we have the DNA of God. The one who sends is the one who owns your life. The one who owns my life. He sent Jesus. And now Jesus sends us. Under that same authority. 
So simply put, if we are truly part of God's family, then mission is not optional. Can I say it clearly? You being on mission, you're not doing the church a favor. You're not doing anyone a favor, but rather you're acting what you should be doing. So God who moves out, gives himself out, after giving himself out to solve humanity's big problem, he calls us, now move out. Listen to verse 22. And with that he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. He says, as you move out, you're going with my peace one. But two, you're not just moving alone. Remember when he says, I'll not leave you as orphans. I'll send you a help. I'll send you a comforter. I'll send you a teacher. So now he breathes his spirit on them. He empowers them to move. At creation in Genesis 2, verse 7, God formed man from the dust of the field. He breathed into man his life-giving spirit. And that's how man comes to live. He breathes. He breathed in man for an assignment. He breathed in man his spirit, that his spirit would enable him to continue with God's mission. God's mission was simple. Be fruitful and multiply. God had wanted many to be after his likeness. And that that would be done by us men. Fruitfulness. That would be multiplying many who are like him. That would have many children. But we know it. How sin interfered with all that. So man takes his own way. And actually we begin being illegitimate children. We go off like lost sheep, taking our own way. We lose, we don't lose actually, the image of him is mad by sin. So now after the resurrection, because God is redoing everything, man is returning to his original mission. So now man has again to be breathed. God has to breathe his spirit on man. So he's simply saying, I am reestablishing my mission. I am God who is still on mission. My mission still has to be accomplished. So as I breathed on Adam, the first man, now Jesus, the second Adam, also breathes the same on us. That you and me will live for mission. That you and me will be a part of that mission. Which is that mission? Verse 23. If you forgive anyone his sins, they are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Hallelujah. That the mission that God calls you and me is a mission of forgiveness. Is a mission where we are telling men, be reconciled to God. Is a mission where we are saying, your sin has been dealt with. Be reconciled to God. Live your ways. Turn to God. He has made the way. So he says, as you move, I am sending you to proclaim this message of forgiveness. So friends, you and me have no other message except this. That you're calling men and women to repentance. 
that you're calling men and women to forsake their evil and turn to Christ, that you're calling men and women to look to Jesus for their forgiveness, that you're calling men and women to have their minds focused on the cross, that you're calling men and women from every tribe, from every nation, that there is no other name by which we are served except the name of Jesus. That's the mission that you and me are being called to be a part of. So, just as the Father has sent me, so I am sending you, my brothers. Now we have the same DNA. I am God on mission. I am his son on mission. So similarly, you who possess the same DNA have no option but to follow us on this particular mission. And once you're not in that, I don't know how you're claiming to truly be in the same league with us. So as I come to a conclusion, friends, if truly we are brothers of Jesus, if truly we are sisters of Jesus, if truly we are children of God, we have no option. We've not been saved to cheer. We've not been saved to feel good. We've not been saved to warm these, these seats. We've not been saved to just hang around church. We've been saved for mission. Because our God is 24-7 on mission. Asking, whom shall I send? Asking, who will go for us? For those people in your school, for those people in your locality, for those people at your workplace, God is asking, do I have one that is my brother that I will send? Do I have one that is my sister that I will send? Do I have one that is a child of God that will Go and influence the forgiveness of sins in that particular place. So friends, our call is high. Your call is high, friends. The call upon your life is high. It's a call to help people out of sin. It's a call to help people see Jesus. It's a call to help people see redemption. It's a call to call people out of their sinfulness and receive forgiveness. And that forgiveness has been made possible by the sacrificial death of Christ on the cross. So I want to speak to you. Turn to your neighbor and tell them you have a mission. If they are believers, tell them you have a mission. God wants to use you. Tell them God wants to use you. Tell them God is sending you if you're truly a child of God, God is sending you. Tell them. So you preach to each other. Amen. We are going to pray. Let me shut up now and we'll pray. You stand and we we'll pray. I want you to take two, three minutes to pray for yourself. Have you taken God's mission seriously? Or you've said it's for the reverends, it's for the pastors, it's for the, those ones. No, 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 no. Especially if Christ is Lord, you possess the DNA of God who is on mission. And so he calls you to participate. You may not be a gifted evangelist, you may not be a public speaker, but in your small world, God calls you to be on mission.
It could be that workmate you see perishing. God caused you to reach out. If it means taking them out for coffee and you talk through and help them see Jesus, do it. If it means visiting them at their home, that's what God is calling you to do. If it means engaging another friend to help them, that's what God is calling you to do. It could be your sister, it could be your brother that is perishing. If it's tough, if it means you taking a step maybe to talk to a pastor, to talk with them, to help them out. That's what God is calling you to. That you're helping men and women come out of sin. Friends, our call is high. Your call is high. Not to just sit and watch and lament. God calls you to help men and women out of their sin. But the question is, you yourself, are you out? If not, the Bible says, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. And I to implore you, if you've not been reconciled to God, do it now. Repent of your sin. Just tell God exactly what, it, what you're going through. Tell him as I speak. Tell him. If you've not been to Jesus for the cleansing blood, tell him, Jesus, here I am. Christ came to save sinners. Of those I'm among. But thanks for his blood that has washed me. Will you allow him to wash you? Will you allow him to forgive you? And as he forgives you, that he will send you. And maybe you've come to Jesus. You're a believer, but honestly, you've not been on mission. Just ask the Lord to empower you. As he breathed his spirit on this, that he will breathe his spirit on you. Lord, we thank you because you're God who says as the Father has sent me, so I send you. I am sending you. Lord, you send us with a message of forgiveness. And we thank you because your peace is available. So I ask that you reign your peace upon these, your children. Shalom, Lord. Let their lives be found in you. May you impart in each and every one that quality of life in you. The Lord, that life will help us traverse every fear. Every fear of inadequacy. And Lord, may you breathe your spirit afresh on us. So I ask that you will empower each and every one of us here, especially those that know you, for witness, for mission. Lord, I pray for one amongst us who may have wrestled with the call. The Lord, you will clarify that as you breathe your spirit afresh on them. Lord, I pray for many of our colleagues at workplaces, in our families, in our communities, some are business partners, some are people that we've grown up with, some may be even members of our fellowships that have not received reconciliation from you. That God in your mercy, you will meet them. 
So Lord, will you be pleased to use each and every one of us to help men to snatch them out of the hand of the enemy. You are God who is always on mission, rescuing souls from perishing. And Lord, in your own design, you desire to use us. I pray that we shall not look at our weaknesses, but we shall remember that you give us peace. That Lord, we shall not allow the fear to grip us, that your peace will propel us. This is my prayer for us, O precious King. We thank you because you call us to take your mission as a priority. So even as we go about our work, as we go about our studies, may your mission consume us. That Lord, whatever work you've given us, we shall work for you. Use us as vessels in our families to help many who do not know you. So Spirit of the living Lord, want to register dependence on you. This is a task we cannot accomplish without your empowerment. So we ask, empower us. Empower our feet that they will be beautiful, taking good news. Empower our lips with boldness to proclaim your salvation and the forgiveness of sin in you, Jesus. Lord, where our lives are found wanting, we want to surrender and ask, deal with anything that is not of you. You call us brothers. You call us children of God. As men and women with the DNA of God who is God on mission. I pray that, Lord, we shall not be disobedient that as you've sent us, we shall go. That we shall not be comfortable with the good news of salvation and just chill. But we shall share it with many who do not know you. Lord, give us boldness even when we find men and women who are hostile. That we shall share Jesus with them and allow you to walk through that sharing. Encourage us where we've been discouraged. Renew us where we've grown cold. And empower us more and more. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. God bless you.